Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mango Gold's Plugged In Podcast, where we break down current developments in environmental law in 10 minutes or less. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by my partner, Todd Kantorsik, who handles complex regulatory compliance work for many of our larger industrial and developer clients at the firm. Todd, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Todd, our last two episodes of Plugged In were focused on some state-specific issues. We had Rob come in, and he talked about the Shapiro administration and how they're approaching environmental issues in Pennsylvania. And then in our last episode, Steve Daly talked about some pretty ambitious um, climate change initiatives and anticipated future regulations in New York. Today, I really, I think, want to shift gears a bit um, and talk about some recent uh, and anticipated developments in the federal space. And in particular, I want to focus on a statute that I feel like doesn't get the attention it deserves, and that's TSCA. I know you're an expert in TSCA. You deal with it a lot. So if it works for you, let's let's kind of focus in on that for today. Um, and I guess just to start, just for our listeners, and if they're not familiar with it, can you just give us a general idea of the, the basic purpose and the scope of TSCA? And I guess I should have clarified what that actually that acronym actually means. I'll let you do that. Sure, no problem. I'd be happy to. The Toxic Substances Control Act, or TSCA, that's what it stands for, um, has been around since 1976 with the purpose of protecting human health and the environment from potentially harmful chemical substances. Fundamentally, the statute accomplishes this by subjecting any person who manufactures, processes, distributes in commerce, uses, or disposes of a chemical substances to various requirements, including EPA review and approval before either the manufacture of any new chemical substance or a significant new use of that chemical substance. It also imposes detailed record-keeping and reporting obligations, which EPA uses to maintain an inventory of chemicals in converse, commerce. I'm sorry. Um, it also requires importers and exporters of chemical substances to comply with reporting and certification requirements. And finally, it gives EPA the authority to review existing chemical substances, that is, chemicals that are on the EPA inventory I just mentioned, and regulate any use or activity that presents an unreasonable risk of injury to health or the environment. So, Todd, I think you said chemical substances about 10 times just then. And I know this scheme is complex and, and it's really broad. So I guess the next logical question from someone like me who doesn't do a lot of TSCA work is what, what, what are chemical substances? Sure. TSCA defines chemical substances very broadly, as you can imagine. Uh, this, so the statute itself has an enormous potential reach. Uh, although there are some specific exclusions for substances that are regulated by other statutes, including uh, pesticides, foods and food additives, drugs, cosmetics, tobacco, tobacco products, and nuclear materials. Uh, notably, most of the requirements of TSCA are imposed upon manufacturers of chemical substances, again, very broadly defined, uh, and the definition of manufacturers also includes importers. Also, TSCA was amended significantly in 1970, I'm sorry, in 2016 to address some long-standing concerns about the law's effectiveness. Uh, as one can imagine, implementation of these amendments has resulted in some new issues for the regulated community. Great. That's really um, helpful background, Todd. So uh, I want to just pivot a little bit and talk about maybe some regulatory developments that are pending and then, and then what we might see in the near term um, sort of coming down the pike. 
And I've heard some scuttle about a pending rule right now relating to the submission of confidential business information. And I know just from my own practice that you know, issues surrounding CBI are of great importance, understandably so, for our clients. So can you just speak a little bit to, to what that pending rule is and, and, and what our clients might see in the near term? Sure. So it, with the 2016 amendments, uh, TSCA uh, included a number of new uh, CBI, confidential business information requirements, in particular related to substantiation of confidential business information. And that's been tried, EPS tried to implement that uh, over the past few years uh, without any sort of regulations in place. Finally, in, in May of 2022, EPA published a proposed rule concerning submitting and supporting CBI claims under TSCA. Uh, the proposed rule, which is to be, expected to be finalized in 2023, attempts to consolidate the TSCA CBI provisions currently found in other TSCA regulations and also in EPA's FOIA regulations and consolidate that all into something called uh, Part 703, 40 CFR uh, Part 703. Substantively, the proposed regulations are generally consistent with the guidance and forms that EPA has been using to implement, implement these new confidentiality provisions of the 2016 amendments to TSCA. Uh, notably, the rule contemplates uh, using a, the, something called the Electronic Central Data Exchange, or CDX, platform to submit nearly all substantiation information and for EPA to use it to communicate to submitters any follow-up questions, determinations, or notices of the pending uh, expiration of CBI claims. So you're going to have to interact with, through, with EPA essentially through a web-based tool as opposed to regular correspondence. Great. And I apologize if I missed this. Do we think that rule is going to be finalized this year? Yes, it's okay. expected to be finalized in 2023. Okay, great. Um, so I'm going to throw another acronym at our audience, although I know they've heard it already, and that is PFAS. Um, I mean, PFAS, we talked about climate change with Steve and how climate change is in the news every day, but so too is PFAS, right? It, um, there are so many developments at the federal and state level on PFAS, and I know as a CERCLA lawyer that, you know, the proposed designation of, of uh, certain PFAS compounds to, as hazardous substances under Superfund is getting a lot of attention. But again, I feel like we're not hearing a ton about TSCA, but maybe we should be. So are there TSCA developments related to PFAS that are forthcoming and that our clients should be aware of? Yes, absolutely. Uh, under TSCA Section 8A7, a new section which was added as part of something called the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2020, that's a mouthful, uh, EPA was required to promulgate a rule by December 31st, 2022, basically the end of last year, requiring each person that has manufactured or imported any PFAS substance since January 1, 2011, to report certain information to EPA. The agency actually proposed published this proposed rule on June 28th of 2021, and it required manufacturers or importers of PFAS in any year since 2011 to report chemical identity, categories of use, volumes of manufactured or imported, and other information related to PFAS chemical substances without any exclusion for small manufacturers. However, based on initial feedback, EPA now estimates that small businesses, primarily consisting of article importers, uh, would incur approximately $864 million 
to complete this one-time reporting requirement. As a result of these, of these new revised figures, EPA is now considering revisions to this PFAS reporting rule that would limit its applicability through a number of provisions that are analogous to the current chemical data, something called the chemical data reporting rule, um, and add that which has itself a number of exemptions, including uh, creating a list of uh, specific PFAS um, substances, establishing a reporting threshold, setting exemptions for small businesses based on annual sales, and also incorporating other exemptions for things like byproducts, impurities, recyclers, intermediates, and research and development substances. Great. So, Todd, I just one other thing that's really helpful um, to understand. One other thing that I I've heard something about, but I really don't fully understand, it, is that there's there's some sort of inventory of, of inactive PFAS or something to that effect. I might not be saying it quite accurately, but I, I think there's also maybe rulemaking pending or forthcoming related to this inactive inventory. Can you just speak to that briefly? Sure. Uh, EPA is developing something called a significant new use rule under Section 5A2 of TSCA for certain uses of what you heard were called are being called inactive inventory PFAS. These are PFASs that are not currently being used uh, or distributed in commerce, at least according to their invent their latest inventory. Persons subject to this rule would be required to notify EPA at least 90 days in advance before commencing the manufacture or processing of these inactive PFAS for any use that EPA has determined to be a significant new use. Manufacturing and processing for the significant new use could not commence until EPA has conducted a review of the notice, made an appropriate determination on a notice, and taken such actions as are required in association with that determination. Great. That's really helpful, Todd. So um, I try to keep this podcast under 10 minutes, but I'm going to ask you one more question and we're going to go one more minute. So um, are there any other task issues? We talked about PFAS. We talked about the CBI uh, rulemaking. Any other task issues that you see coming up in the future that you think are really important for our clients to be aware of? Sure. There are a couple. Uh, first, uh, how EPA has been approaching its risk determinations for these existing high pri- – for something they call existing high-priority chemicals has really been a hot-button topic lately in the Tosca world. Uh, the first 10 risk evaluations for these high-priority chemicals were performed under the Trump administration. Uh, and, of course, you had the Biden administration come in and say, that's all wrong. So in, in 2021, they announced that they would revisit these risk evaluations and utilize something called a whole chemical approach, which at this, which it basically means at this stage they don't differentiate between what conditions of use are, are happening with this particular chemical and, frankly, whether any – person is using the appropriate protective gear when handling these chemicals. Um, in addition, uh, there are going to be some changes on the fee structure front. I've talked about all these new things under TSCA. Somebody's got to pay for that. And yes, and so uh, EPA is proposing new rules that would impose significantly larger fees upon manufacturers and processors of chemical substances uh, in order to pay for all this new work. And then finally, uh, in 2021, back in 2021, EPA had proposed revisions to this PCB cleanup and um, disposal program that is also uh, under TSCA and uh, which affects a number of our clients who are doing remediation. They often run into PCBs uh, in terms of their remediation, which implicates TSCA. EPA is planning on changing those rules, and those rules are expected to go final in 2023. Todd, thank you. I learned a lot in 12 minutes, 12 minutes or less today. 
Um, and for all of you listening, thanks so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. And be sure to visit our website at www.mancogold.com for additional news and alerts and to join our mailing list or connect with us on LinkedIn. Until next time.